you're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks. And Zach Bechtel. And we have a very special guest and friend, uh, the podcast and friend in, in, in real life, uh, the Reverend Ryan Candidate. He's a pastor at Free Church uh, there in Denver. Ryan, um, man, tell us, uh, remind our listeners a little bit, you know, who you are, where you're from, what you do, those kind of types of things. Yeah. Well, hey guys, thanks for having me. It's, uh, as I said a little bit ago, it's always an honor to be with the Bearded Theologians. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm the pastor and executive director of Free Spiritual Community. Uh, we are a community for addicts, loved ones of addicts, and spiritual refugees. And we're really clear about that. We're, we're clear about who we're for. And, and people ask me all the time, well, what's a spiritual refugee? We, we define those people as uh, the ones who feel they've been kicked around by religion, they've been kicked around by the church, they've given up on the God stuff, but they still have a spiritual longing. Uh, they want to journey together spiritually uh, on a spiritual journey. So we try to create space for them to be welcome. And what we do at Free is um, we break the silence of addiction. We have, we have a mental health crisis on our hands, and addiction is a huge piece of that, especially with COVID now. Um, so we break the silence of addiction and create space for healing, recovery, and spiritual connection. That's what we're about. Love it. Love it. We, gosh, we, we had you guys on, uh, y'all are, are y'all two years in now? Just about? You know, you will be two years in October. Yeah. So we, we had you on when you were still in your backyard. Uh, yeah. telling us about free and you were like, man, we're having to take like a month off and figure this thing out because we went from <laughs> thinking we're at five or six people to 60. Uh, yeah. and, and here you guys are continuing to change the world in significant ways and bring a lot of hope to a lot of people, which, um, is beautiful. So thank you. Thank you for that work and, and keep it up, man. <laughs> yeah. Right um, so, so we're here to uh, talk about, about the serenity prayer in this series um, of, of famous prayers or well-known prayers. And so I just, I just would invite you to pray with me uh, this prayer. Uh, God grant me the serenity to, to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as pathways to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right. If I surrender to your will so that I will be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen. So Ryan, working uh, and doing the ministry that you do, um, tell us a little bit about what the serenity prayer not only means to you, but means to uh, just the people that you're with. Yeah. You know, I'm so glad you read the long version of it too. Uh, that we prayed the long version. Uh, not everyone is familiar with that. Many people are familiar with the first three lines, you know, uh, grant me the serenity to accept and the courage to change and the wisdom to know the difference. But uh, a word we often 
forget when it comes to this prayer is reasonably happy, that we will be reasonably happy. Uh, the goal isn't that you're just floating on cloud nine all the time, but um, that we would be reasonably happy. We have to keep that in mind. Um, but anyway, when it comes to serenity prayer, you know, I, I don't know if your listeners um, know my story. I won't, I won't share my full story, uh, but I will say this. I, um, I was not familiar with the serenity prayer until I got into the rooms of recovery, until I got sober, uh, which was back in 2013. I'm sure I'd come across it before. I'm sure I'd heard it before, but I, I by no means had it memorized, even the short version, and it's short. Um, but I was introduced to the serenity prayer in the rooms of recovery. And it was very common uh, in a 12-step meeting, either to begin with that prayer or at the end uh, to stand together, to hold hands uh, and, and, and say that prayer together. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if... Is some history on this prayer helpful? Have you guys talked about this prayer with your listeners? No, so go ahead. No, this is it, yeah. I, yeah, I won't bore, bore people with history, but the history of this prayer is absolutely fascinating. And it was, uh, this prayer was made popular by, the, by Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, this prayer existed, of course, uh, as AA was coming into existence, but AA is what made this prayer popular in our culture today. And in fact, it was the founder of AA, Bill Wilson, who said uh, when he came across this prayer, he said, never before had we seen so much AA in so few words. I mean, it just captures the concept of what recovery is about. Um, so it was the great theologian and pastor Reinhold Niebuhr who, who wrote this prayer. And in fact, in the 30s, um, he started reciting this prayer with his congregation. He started teaching them this prayer, and they would say this prayer together in worship services. And, um, you know, he was this inner city Detroit pastor who was living in the midst of some really difficult times. You know, it was during the, um, that decade-long uh, Great Depression. Uh, many in his congregation were losing their jobs. They were losing their, their, uh, their homes. They were living without hope. His people were facing this very real economic collapse, and he would pray this prayer. Um, you know, it was also during the time, you know, America was headed into this n another devastating war, and they prayed this prayer. He was personally really distraught by the rise of the Nazis and their hateful ideologies, and together as a congregation, they would pray this prayer. Um, uh, you had the Cold War, and this really crazy, crazy race to build bigger and better bombs, and they would pray this prayer. Um, and it's also important to realize that um, Reinhold Niebuhr was very, he, he became popular for what, what he called Christian realism. And um, for him, it was this, it was this invitation, Christ, Christian realism invited him to, uh, to, to both the acceptance of the world as it is, but also the courage to imagine the world as it could be. Um, and it was always rooted in God's hope for the world, for the entire world, uh, which, I, you know, that's some pretty important stuff when we're getting into Christian realism. It's being realistic with what is happening in the world, with where the world is, with the things we can change, 
but it's also this call to courage, the call to courage uh, to where we could act. So it's the, it's the serenity to accept, the courage to act, and then the wisdom to know the difference. Um, so when, you know, when we pray, when, when I pray this prayer, and I, sh I, sh I actually shared, you all got me thinking about this prayer when you initially invited me. And when I was thinking about the serenity prayer, I was like, man, I, I've prayed this in every situation in my life. I have, um, in fact, I'm wearing it today. I have it. Um, I have a bracelet, a metal bracelet, and this prayer is engraved in this bracelet. And I face it to me so I can see the words. Um, but it's a great reminder uh, to do those three things. And I've prayed it in committee meetings, staff meetings, uh, sitting beside the, the the, my son's hospital bed just a few weeks ago, um, you know, watching the news and, and sitting with my, my beloved brothers and sisters and hearing more stories of pain and injustice and praying that prayer. It, it's been in, in so many aspects of my life. And then in, in recovery, um, with my 12-step brothers and sisters, it is absolutely a central prayer. Uh, because it's the, it's the serenity to accept things happened, things happen in the world. Things have happened in your life. I have this disease called alcoholism. If I take a drink, my body doesn't shut off and say, that's good. If I take a drink, I'm absolutely powerless over the next drink. That's the way it is with me. I've got to accept that. And I didn't get that before recovery. I thought, man, I can beat this. God, I can, I, this is, I, I don't need serenity to accept this because I'll change it. Give me enough. I'll, I'll just have strong enough willpower. I'll be able to, I'll be able to beat this on my own. No, you can't. Ryan, you can't do that. Serenity to accept, but it doesn't just stop at acceptance. It's in the courage to act. So things have happened. Yeah, I, I've got this disease of alcoholism. Uh, what do I do with that? Do I just sit and say, well, that's just the way it is. I'm just going to keep on drinking. I'm just going to keep on destroying relationships. I'm going to keep on destroying my life. No, 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 no. The courage to actually say, I'm powerless over this. I need help. I need other people to walk this journey with me. And, it, you know, um, when we pray that together in a 12-step meeting, it's, it's, it has not for me yet lost its power because there's something really profound that happens when I'm standing with other people, holding their hands, not, not in the midst of the COVID-19 world, but pre-COVID, and we'll get back there, I have hope. Uh, but when we're holding hands together and we say that prayer, we're realizing, um, Zach, I might, might not be able to change you. My job is not to try to change Matt. My job is to look within and have the courage to act where I can, to change what I can. I've got to accept others where they are. I've got to accept you where you are. But I do get to act when it comes to my responses in the world. I do have to have courage when it comes to changing how I look at people. I do have to have courage on certain issues to step up and change the things I can. I think it was a, uh, Gandhi who said, be the change you wish to see. Um, so it's always that fine balance. And that's why I say, it's the wisdom piece that's hard because I want to get stuck in trying to change people. If I can get on Facebook and go on enough rants, can I get you to see my side politically or with religion or spirituality or, or whatever it is? And, uh, you know, when I go down that rabbit hole, that's exactly what it is. It's a rabbit hole 
Um, it, 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 it doesn't generally change things. It makes me less spiritually fit. Um, so I have to pray all the time, God, give me wisdom here. We're in the midst of making decisions. Give me wisdom. So I don't know. What, what questions or thoughts does that raise? <laughs> so many. I, I mean, I, I love that. And I, I appreciate you bringing in not only your pastoral perspective, but your, your real life lived experience with this. Because uh, it's not, there's a reason why we saved it for, for last, because it's, for me, it's, I'm the least familiar with this one, uh, both professionally and personally. It's just, I've come across it. Uh, always identified it with, um, you know, a recovery prayer. Um, and because I don't run in that circle and haven't been in it, it's just not been on my radar. And I'm sad to say that it hasn't been because um, it's so much more, right? Um, and, and I often think during joys and concerns or anytime anybody brings a prayer request to me that's, can you pray for so-and-so so they'll change? Mm -hmm. Well, that's not necessarily what prayer does, right? Uh, and, and the serenity prayer here gives us so much of that wisdom to go, it's not about begging God to change people. It's about being in relationship and being with them and having the wisdom to say, here I am, let's walk together. Um, there's something so much more powerful in that prayer and those actions than just telling your pastor or telling God, change this person because I don't like the way they're behaving or they're clearly behaving in a way and, and have these things that are hurting them and others. Um, but this prayer does so much more than that, right? It's, it's less of the do what I want you to do and more of how can I be present uh, in this situation with me, with God, and with, with the person I'm holding hands with or love dearly uh, that, I, that I see needs help. Yeah, and, and you know, when I, when I get out of that rut of trying to change other people, what it does, is it, it expands my heart so that I can actually love them. And man, I, I don't know about y'all, but it, it, we need more of that in the world. We need to be able to say, yeah, you see things differently than me in uh, some really profound ways. Now, how can I, how can I practice love? How can, how can I truly be in relationship with you and be in conversation with you? Not with the goal of changing you, but with the goal of love being our highest ideal and love being our highest calling. Um, and that's really hard. And I'll tell you another place where it comes up all the time um, and I see this, especially with people coming out of addiction, you know, battling addiction. We have these really um, checkered pasts and sometimes a very checkered present. Um, and the truth is you can't change the past. Maybe bad things happened to you and, and you did some terrible things. Uh, you hurt people along the way. You damaged relationships. You lied, you cheated, you stole. Um, you, you can't change the past, but you can now with a group of people get courage to change your present. And that takes hard work. That takes rigorous honesty. And this prayer always invites us into honesty with ourselves and with others. And, um, and again, it's that wisdom piece. God, give me the wisdom of what I can change and what I can't change. Because sometimes uh, when Ryan's on his own, he gets really fuzzy on that. I, I, I get I get stuck in that second piece of I can change everything. No, you can't. You can't. Um, and what was the, the the gift Solomon asked for above every other gift? The gift of wisdom. Man, we need some wisdom. I need wisdom.
Yeah. So I fell into this prayer um, when I was in seminary. Um, I actually took a class on Reinhold and Richard Niebuhr. Like that was our whole class. So like we read everything about them. Um, and so we would begin the class with the prayer and end the class with prayer. And I think that was so that way the professor would make us feel a little bit more at peace at what was going on, what we were reading and just like the conversations that we were having. Um, Cause that was definitely during um, a, a heavy time uh, in, in going on the things going on in the world like kind of like now um and so i've always just been this is one that's always just been special to me and it's one that like um i wish we would pray more in our churches in all honesty yeah and and it would be amazing to see if a congregation would take this up um and and just pray it but not just pray it like we pray other things or we do like the call to worship or something like that, but like just like pray it and take time to open it up and and like, like let it go at a natural pace and not just, you know, blow through it, but like, let those words just sit on you. Cause even as Zach was reading or praying it, you know, that, um, in the idea of surrender just kept coming up for me and just like, mm-hmm. I gotta surrender. I gotta let go, um, and let God have it and just let it go. Whatever, you know, and all the things that are going on. Um, and, mm-hmm. and this is just such a powerful prayer. And, you know, Zach was joking. We made it last because it was, the one he's not familiar with, which um, I was like, well, we, you know, I'm very familiar with it. And, and I, I, th- I don't remember which one of us kicked out having you on, but like, man, we knew that you were definitely connected to this and it was powerful for you. And we wanted to be able to hear your perspective on it. Cause it was definitely going to be something that was powerful for someone to hear today. Like, I really do believe that somebody listening to this today is going to hear what you had, sh- what you had shared with us. And, um, and I really do, I, I really do believe that they're going to surrender I mean, that's just the surrender to God, whatever it is that's holding them back, whatever they need to let go of. Yeah, man. I'm so glad you mentioned that word surrender because it's a huge piece of that prayer. And this entire prayer is about surrendering because we like to hold on to things, especially the things we want to so desperately change. And this prayer invites surrender that is um (laughs) there's a reason that's part of the first step and 12 steps is admitting that we're powerless and our lives have become unmanageable it's that process of surrendering um and that that takes some hard work that takes some retraining of the of the neurological pathways in our brain the retraining of our hearts of what we've been taught um that surrender surrender is not the way to win surrender surrendering that's for that's for weakness but we know in the christian tradition if you want to win you have to surrender um weakness is actually strength saying we can't do it is the way we do it um so yeah i'm glad you mentioned that surrender piece and and also matt that uh the practice piece when I, when I, I remember my first meeting when they stood up and we held hands, I thought, how in the world does every, is there a sign? Is it on the wall? How does everyone know this prayer? And in, in, in rooms of recovery, there's other prayers too that we recite, the Lord's Prayer, uh, third step prayer, which if you haven't read the third step prayer, you've got to read the third step prayer. Um, but we have these other prayers, and I thought, how does everyone know these and did I miss the day in class when we were supposed to memorize prayers? And I'm a pastor, right? Um, but what I learned is uh, I never sat down and tried to memorize any of those prayers. But as I kept going and being with my people, all of a sudden those words come to me. Um, all of a sudden, 
I memorized those prayers, including the serenity prayer. And, uh, and like I say, for me, those aren't rote words. I know in, 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 we can, in tradition, we can get stuck on, well, this is just what we say. So we close our eyes and we say these words. Um, but I try to, when I'm, when I'm reciting these words to think about, and where do I need to do this today? Where do I need uh, the serenity in my life today to accept the world as it is? All right, God, where do I need courage? Where can I play a role of change today? So it's not something so far out there. It's not in the distant future, but it's today. And this prayer is rooted in the present. Right, I love that. Um, I... <laughs> This isn't serenity prayer, it's Lord's prayer, but I can remember the very first time not growing up in church, uh, not having that background, hearing the Lord's prayer. It was after basketball practice or before a game or something like that, and the coach brought us in and, you know, say the Lord's prayer in that same situation. I'm like, is it on the wall? <laughs> Why do people know this, right? Um, and it, But there's something so powerful rather than just sitting and reading and pouring and memorizing the words, right? But letting them sink in and, and have that moment of, oh, here's where they are and here's what they mean to me. Um, it, it, it helps us not get in that kind of spiritual, just prayerful rut, but it lets it sink in. And then the moment we do get in that rut, it helps bring us right back to here's where I'm at. It helps ground us in, in our faith and in our, in our life where we are in that present and it reminds us of the times where we had this one, especially where we haven't surrendered uh, and we're trying to do all the things we can do to make it better. And, and this is kind of that wake up call that, that, that spark that reminds us here we are. Um, yeah. Whether it's this prayer or any other prayer that just rests on our heart like that uh, and why these maybe have stood the test of time, um, not only because they resonate, but because they live there uh, within mm. us. And rather than learning them, we live them. Uh, and I think there's something so beautiful in pointing that out. Yeah, that's powerful. Can I, um, can I, can I give your listeners a challenge? Please. Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> Unless, Matt, were you going to say something? No, like I, I was actually going to, uh, I was going to say like, I was going to acknowledge like the heaviness of this, of this podcast and allow us to sit but it was trying to figure out a challenge but if you got a challenge man like please offer it up well um yeah you know from my experience and and being in recovery and uh i, I still meet with a sponsor to this day we meet um uh, every week or every other week uh i still sponsor other people i still go to meetings uh because it's a very active thing we never beat this stuff right and the prayer reminds us we, we don't beat this stuff we stay engaged it's a lifelong journey the the, the, the spiritual journey isn't about some arrival point, right? We never mm -hmm. get there. We're not at the end. We don't beat it. We journey together. It's, it's a lifelong practice. But anyway, my sponsor will often um, will give me uh, the challenge to, I want you to pray this prayer, and not, not the serenity prayer, but other prayers as well. Pray this prayer for 30 days and see what happens. And I have this tendency, my impulse is like, dude, I just told you what I'm going through. I told you what this person did to me, how I'm offended. Um, and you, you're just telling me to pray for 30 days. How is that going to change anything? I remember early in my recovery when I was 
first couple of years in and dealing with uh, step nine, we deal with the amends. We go and make things right with the, those that we've harmed. And we own our side of the street. We clean up our side of the street. And um, I was really struggling with one in, in particular. And my sponsor said, uh, I want you to pray this prayer for 30 days. And the prayer ended with, um, God help me show them the same pity, patience, and tolerance that I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. Save me from being angry. And I was so angry. I was angry and said, I did not want to make this amends. I did not. Forgiveness was so far off. And when he told me to pray, it was this impulse that said, dude, how is that going to change anything? How is this going to change anything? And what I've learned in recovery is you have to surrender to the process. Ryan doesn't always know what's best for him. When, when Ryan thinks he knows what's best for him, he's, he's face down in a gutter with another drink. Um, but he would often give me these these assignments or make suggestions as we say, pray this for 30 days and see what happens. So for you all listening out there, I encourage you, this is for everyone. This, you don't have to be in recovery to do this. This isn't the recovery prayer. This is the serenity prayer. And we all need some serenity. Um, take some intentional time in your day and pray this prayer 30 days, 30 days. And when you're praying it, bring to mind Ask God to help reveal what, where do you need the serenity in your life? Where do you need the serenity to accept? And that's when your mind will be uh, cleared from the cloudiness. Uh, we need that peace of mind. Bring to mind all the places, okay, God, where do I need courage in my life? Where are you calling me? And then bring to mind the places, which is, I think, all, all of the places. Where do you need wisdom? What are you struggling with to tell where your, your flesh and spirit are at work against one another? You're being called to different things. You, you think you know what's right. Where do you need wisdom? Uh, pray that for 30 days intentionally and see what happens. Just see what happens. Yeah, so I think that's a great challenge. Um, I think it's a great place to land for us today. And so, Ryan, we thank you for your time. We're going to actually share a link uh, to your community uh, through this podcast and uh, for our listeners to connect into to see uh, the amazing work that you all are doing and, um, and just being able to, to continue to connect in with you all as well. And so we thank you for your time. And you, you, I mean, you know, you're always welcome to come back and we definitely need to have you come back sometime uh, in the future and, and talk about what's going on. Because uh, I was, you know, Zach and I were kicking that around. Like we had you when you all start, like before you really got started. And now like we want to, we want to show like really what's what like that process and like see how a fruitful ministry happens uh, for people to see that it can happen in this world today. And so we thank you for your time. And so for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. Uh, I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. First guys. I want you to subscribe and like this video and put that thumbs, push that thumbs up. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets. You can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.